Welcome to the Disney Points Podcast, where our goal is to help you take that dream Disney vacation without blowing through your savings. With ticket costs and hotel prices constantly on the rise, we want to show you what's possible when you introduce credit card points and miles to the Disney equation. I'm Kim Shearer, and you can find me on my blog, vacationpointers.com, or at my Instagram account, at vacation underscore pointers. And I'm Sam Holland, and you can find me on the web at almostfreetraveling.com, or on Instagram at Almost Free Traveling. And now, this is the Disney Points Podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the very popular Southwest Airlines Companion Pass. And here's a quote from Kim. <laughs> In the last two years, our family has not paid for one single plane ticket. That is incredible and very Crazy. compelling. <laughs> and that's why we're <laughs> going to talk about it today. So is that true, Kim? Not one ticket. You know, when I wrote this, it was absolutely true. And it's still mostly true. <laughs> the only time it's not true is if I pay for like a super cheap frontier flight that I get for like 15 bucks or something like that. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it is absolutely true. Yes. We pay taxes on our flights. That's incredible. Well, I mean, that could just unlock so much travel for so many families, which is why we wanted to devote a whole episode to the Southwest Airlines companion pass, how to get it. And it just seems like from many parts of the country, Southwest Airlines is an economical way to fly your family to Disneyland or Walt Disney World, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And Travel is one of the biggest expenses of a Disney trip. You've got your tickets, you've got your lodging, but for most people, airfare is, you know, almost half of their expenses. So this is one way to cut that. For sure. Yeah. Maybe if you're listening and your family has only ever driven to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, which is great. It's nice to have a car there and maybe you're close enough to drive, but maybe this would give you a little extra wiggle room to splurge and actually fly there on your next Mm -hmm. trip or an extra day on your trip because you're not spending it driving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. good point so what makes it even more economical is the southwest companion pass so let's start there kim what is the southwest companion pass So the Southwest Companion Pass is basically like a buy one, get one plane ticket. And it's not like a one-time coupon that you get to use for one flight that you purchase. It's like you earn it, you get to do, for every flight that you take with Southwest, you get to bring a named companion with you on the flight for free, with the exception of the taxes, which domestic flights, it's $5.60 or something like that. So yeah, it's a unlimited buy one, get one free plane ticket. For the amount of time that you have the pass, which can be up to two years, depending on when you earn it. Incredible. Isn't it? I just still think it's one of like the best travel secrets. Not even a secret. People know, but it really is. More people should know. Well, the secret might be the way that you get it, right? Without Mm -hmm. flying, being a frequent flyer necessarily or doing the pub the really publicized ways to get the pass there are hacking ways to get the pass and that's what we're going to be talking about today but let me clarify something 
make sure I understand. Well, first of all, $5.60 in taxes is ridiculously good. So if you don't have any Mm -hmm. context for that and you're listening, that's very, very low. So that's (laughs) amazing. And then for the companion pass, uh, you described it as unlimited buy one, get one for a named traveler. Now, so you are naming this traveler someone different every time you fly or is, does it always have to be the same person? How does that work? So when you earn the companion pass, you name a companion. And so for instance, in our family, when I first earned it, my husband was my companion. So then every time I flew, he could get a free companion ticket, but I also have children. And sometimes I travel maybe to visit family without my husband. And so what they allow you to do is to change your named companion up to three times per calendar year, not for the amount of time that you have it, but just per calendar year. So if I earned it in February, I could change it three times that year. And then again, three more times the following year, because you get it for the remainder of a calendar year, plus the additional, the full additional next year. So you can change the companion if needed. Just, you just have to do it within those parameters three times a year. Got it. Okay. And what are just name off some of the places you've been using the companion pass? Oh man. So we've been to Florida, like I said, several times, my family's there. So we go there multiple times a year. Um, we've been to Costa Rica with the companion pass. Um, we flew to Las Vegas for spring break. Um, gosh, so many other things. And I feel like I'm not thinking of them. Oh, we're going to Charleston this fall. Um, Oh, Punta Cana. We've just, we've used it for so many places. They fly so many places a family would want to go on mm-hmm. vacation. Mm-hmm. So. And my understanding is there's a specific way to get the pass. Kim is going to explain to you how this is accessible <laughs> for a lot of people using credit cards. And we're actually entering companion pass season, which is why we're talking about it right now. We are. <laughs> Kim, why yes. is this companion pass season? So it is companion pass season because when depending on when you earn the pass, if you can time it right, you can have the pass for almost two years. And I mentioned that earlier. But the way to do that is to sign up for these credit cards that earn you the points that you'll need to earn it. But you sign up for them later in the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. You sign up for them at the end of the year so that you do not finish earning the points until early in the next calendar year. So let's say I applied for the card in November and I've got three months to finish my spending. If you are strategic and you don't finish that spending until January of the following year, now you're earning the pass early in a calendar year. You'll get it that whole year and then the entire next year. So that's why we say the fall, late fall, winter is companion pass season. Because it's the most strategic way to earn it, most strategic time to earn it, I should say. To okay, maximize. So, yes. So you're working backwards from the fact that you want to actually have those points that you're earning by hitting those credit card minimum spends hit your account in January. So then exactly. it's setting then it's setting a clock for two years. Yep. Okay. Yeah. How many points do you need? Um, so there's two ways to earn a companion pass. One is by flying a hundred one-way flights. I don't know about you, Sam, but I've never done that. In a certain <laughs> amount of time? In one year. Oh, okay. No. Have you done that? I've never done that. <laughs> so that's one of the ways. 
Another way is to earn 125,000 points with Southwest in a year. So you can do that by flying. So, you know, you earn frequent flyer miles by flying. But I, I have also never done that. Have you done that? No. <laughs> Those are two Definitely things not. literally never done. So the way you travel hack this is by signing up for two very strategic credit cards at the right time, like we mentioned, that earn you a combined total of 125,000 Southwest points. Those points combined from the two credit cards that we'll talk about are enough to earn you the companion pass. And you want to hear the great thing? It's not that you're trading in those points for the companion pass. You still get to keep those points to travel Mm. with. Mm -hmm. I just think that's like an amazing deal. You still, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you sign up for these two cards. You've got all these points now to travel with. And you get a free companion. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best. So, and I think it's different from some other airline credit cards because some airline credit cards, you aren't earning anything but miles by opening the cards. It's not like you're mm-hmm. discounting towards status and things. This is actually just by opening the card, putting your regular cards, two cards, putting your regular spending on the cards, mm-hmm. hitting the minimum spend and earning this, the welcome bonus, you are also earning the companion pass for two years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then- two specific cards, because I know there's quite a few different personal Southwest cards, business Southwest cards. Do you just sort of pick and choose and make sure it adds up to 125,000 or how does that work? Southwest has two business credit card options you can pick from and three personal credit card options. And they're all with Chase. Um, now you can have, you cannot have more than one personal Southwest credit card. So you'll get one of those and then you'll get one business card. And those, the points that you'll earn with those combined are what will allow you to qualify and earn enough points in the time frame. So Yes, you can pick one from each of those categories, personal or business, and that will be enough to get you where you need to be. Did I explain that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're going to choose one personal Chase Southwest card and one business Chase Southwest card. Do you? Does one individual have to open both of those cards or could maybe you open one and your spouse opens one? Yes. Great question too. Yes. They have to be with the same person. So if I open a personal card, I also have to be the one who opens the business card so that those, cause every credit card you open, that's co-branded like this. That means it's like tied to an airline, a specific airline like Southwest. It's going to be tied to your rapid rewards number in this case. So if I apply for the business card, it's going to have my rapid rewards number attached to it. And then if I apply for the personal card, it's also going to have my my frequent flyer number attached to it. And then when those points are earned, they go directly to your Southwest account. They don't sit like with Chase somewhere. They go to Southwest. So. Got it. Okay. And this is why we need to talk about the 524 rule for a second, because yes, these are Chase cards. It's good to just review the 524 rule all the time anyway. Basically, Chase is a bank that offers so many great cards. They also will limit any individual to opening five, uh, five credit, four credit cards (laughs) across any bank in a two year period. If you open five credit cards across any bank in a two year period, Chase will cut you off. 
and they will not let you have any more credit cards okay. from them yeah until your last card drops off basically so this is um part of the reason why we want to do this episode and really prioritize this for anyone listening for people trying to get to disney if you're thinking about what credit cards to open these are good credit cards to prioritize in your 524 wouldn't you say Oh yeah, for sure. We actually, my husband and I actually try to stay under 524 all the time because these cards are so strategic in our like points and miles strategies because we want to always have a companion pass. Actually, we want to have two of them and we can talk about that later. But um, so yeah, that's why we try to stay under 524 always. I'm surprised you're able to do that. Is it because of your business card strategy? We do. We open business cards, which don't count towards your 524. Um, so yeah, if we're like at 424, 24, we'll just apply for a business card instead of a personal card. And there's okay. plenty of options and yeah, that's a whole other episode we could, it is. <laughs> we can we'll, go into, we'll do but a yes, business card business episode cards. at some point, but what you need to know for now is that in order to open a business card or a personal card with Chase, you have to be under 524. So actually you would need to be 324 in order to open these two cards. Is that right? Well, actually you could be at 424. And the reason I say that is because if you open the business card first, um, you would, that wouldn't count. That wouldn't add anything to your 524 total. And then you could apply for the personal card second. And that would put you at 524. But likely within the next year, one of those cards is going to fall off. And you'll be back at 424. So you can be at 424 and do this whole thing. Okay, good distinction. Because you can't open a Chase business card if you're 524. Right. But opening a Chase business card doesn't count towards your 524. Right. Yeah. So you'd have to be at 424 to qualify. But got it. Yeah, it wouldn't change your number. Okay, so you recommend starting with one of the Chase business cards, and it doesn't necessarily matter which one you open. It doesn't. But here's why I would suggest opening. So I'd like to pretend that I know all this off the top of my head, but I'm cheating. I'm looking at (laughs) I'm looking at a blog post I wrote that anybody can look at. Um, But the one I recommend starting with is the performance business card. So, you know, of course, they named all of them starting with peace. So the two business <laughs> cards are performance and premiere. <laughs> the performance has a higher annual fee, but it also has more points for the welcome bonus. So you'll get 80,000 points just for signing up for that card after spending $5,000 in three months. So that's a, the reason I would say start with that one is because it'll just get you really close. Mm-hmm. Between that card and one personal card, you'll have as much you have what you need more than enough. Um, the other one you would have to just do a little bit extra spending or do some other tricks to earn some of the points. Um, so yeah, suggest starting with that one. And then once you finish that, so you don't have to open them both at the same time. So you could start with that one, get close to finishing that minimum spend, but don't finish. Like we talked about earlier, just make sure that you are close. Oh, this but you is don't key. Finish. Okay. Very key. Cause if you mess this up, the whole thing's done. If you, you cannot earn the, 5, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. If you finish spending the five thousand dollars on December fifteenth or December thirtieth, you're gonna earn those 
points for that card in the wrong calendar year. So it's it's going to mess up the whole strategy. So this is just really important. Just get close, but don't finish. So we'll let's say we will spend four thousand on that card, and then we'll apply for the Southwest Personal card. The personal credit cards are you earn fifty thousand points after spending a thousand dollars in three months, which is what makes it doable. It's not another huge minimum spend that you have to meet. It's a very manageable thousand dollars. In our family, we can do that pretty easily in a month. Especially so. around Christmas, let's be honest. Especially if you're, around Christmas. You think you're going to try not to spend thousands of dollars, but if you're celebrating Christmas or Hanukkah, I mean, you're going to be spending money during December. So this is actually an ideal time to be opening these cards. But really, Kim, if someone, what's the least amount of money someone would have to spend opening the lower minimum spend business card and a personal card? So the lower one, you could, you would have to spend Mm $3,000, but again, you'd only earn the 60,000 points. So the 60 plus the 50 from the personal would earn you 110,000 points combined. So you just have to still come up with 15,000 points, which is doable. Um, you, cause you're going to have to spend a certain amount of money and you'll earn points for spending that money for the minimum spend. Okay. So you see what I mean? Like you have 110 just from the bonus, but then you'd also have the points you earn from the spending. So that would be at least 4,000 more points. So then you're at 114 and you need 11,000 more. Am I doing that math right? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. So basically the safest way to do it would to be, would to open the, would be to open the business card that has the higher minimum spend because it'll give you Mm 80,000 rapid rewards and then open the personal card that's going to give you 50. Yeah. And I would say open the cheapest personal card because they all earn you the same amount of points and the extra benefits you get with like the more expensive personal card. I just don't think they're like valuable enough Mm -hmm. to me at least. And you guys, people can look and see what those benefits are and see if they would benefit you. But I just really think they're, it's, it's not worth the extra, you know, money you would spend on the annual fee. So my personal preference more expensive business card combined with the cheapest personal card, you'd have enough points to get the companion pass with no problem because it's 80,000 plus 50,000, it's 135,000. You'd even be 10,000 over what you even need. So fantastic. So let's just, just like that. <laughs> yeah. Let's reiterate the most important aspect of this is that you are not going to finish your spending on either card until January so that yes. you will have this pass for two years. Yes. And and if you need to open the business card in November or December and wait on opening the, you can open the personal one in January. If, you know, you don't have to earn the companion pass in the first week of January. That's not what I'm saying. It's just more, you just got to make sure that you just wait. Yeah. You're just maximizing Exactly. You may as well just open it when you're going to start. Open these cards around the time you're going to start your Christmas spending, your holiday spending. Make the most of it. And then make sure you're not finishing either card until January. Great. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about who this might not work for. Um, I mean, personally we live in the pacific northwest and we fly alaska so we have flown alaska for business and pleasure for a long time so we 
accrued status and frequent flyer miles and things with them, which kind of makes you stick with an airline. We also don't have a lot of, we might not have any direct or nonstops out of Southwest nonstops out of our airport that are going anywhere we need to go. So Alaska just makes more sense up in this little corner of the country. Interestingly, the Alaska credit card comes with a companion fare and it's different. It's, it's not as awesome as Southwest. Yeah. Tell us why it's different. I don't know a lot about that card. It really is a, it's a buy one, get one that you get annually. So one flight and you're still paying the taxes on that fare, just like Southwest, but the taxes are $99 minimum. So that's very different than yeah, it's very different Southwest. So my husband and I both have the personal Alaska Airlines card and we use, we always use our companion fares. And the way that we use them is on, uh, on anything that's practically a long haul flight. So if we are flying to Mexico or Hawaii or Orlando, those are kind of the places that we use the companion fares because usually those tickets we're paying cash for one of them. That's the only way to mm-hmm. use your companion fare, by the oh, way. Oh, see, that's different too. That is different too. So this is on cash fares. You pay, so we'll we'll pay $500 or more for one ticket to Hawaii and then only have to pay $100 for the second ticket. Okay. So very, very different and really not, doesn't make a lot of sense unless you live Seattle, Portland, I don't know, maybe Anchorage, maybe Los Angeles people would have both. I'm not sure. But um, also Southwest doesn't, isn't in an alliance with other airlines and does, so there aren't benefits to flying overseas except to South America. Is that right? Yeah. They fly to the Caribbean and South America. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. So if you're looking to travel to Europe, for example, don't mm-hmm. bother, you don't you don't want to bother with this. Um, yeah, and you want to check. It's just always good to do some research. Like some of these deals sound amazing, but then when you go to check your local airport <laughs> or your most convenient airport, and you realize that you have to make two connections to get to the place you want to go, yeah, then maybe it's yeah. not for you. But we happen to have two big airports within driving distance we can get to philadelphia and baltimore within about the same amount of time and so sometimes there's a direct flight from philly and sometimes there's a direct flight from baltimore so we'll just check both um but yeah those are just always good things to do research on before you commit to any brand i would say sure and then if you are single and you don't fly with the same companion very often you might not need this if you're flying a lot by yourself this doesn't really make sense for you. Um, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could always name a friend and change that three times a year. So maybe mm-hmm. it's still beneficial to some people. But mm-hmm. if you're a solo traveler and you don't plan on having anybody with you, then yeah, no, it's probably not. Okay. So earlier you mentioned something that I want to circle back to. And you said that you actually would like to have two of these passes. Did you mean simultaneously? Because I know one of the great things about Chase cards is that with 
I think all of them, you can reopen them and re-earn the bonus every 24 to 48 months, depending on the card. With the Southwest cars, yeah. I believe it's 24 months. So I know that a lot, a lot of couples, anecdotally, I've heard, they will, one spouse will open and worked for the companion fair. And then two years later, the other spouse will do it. And so they're closing and reopening these cards. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about you would have two at the same time? Sam, I am talking about two at the same time. <laughs> Didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> it is so a thing. So what we do, so if I, so I got this companion pass early this year, 2022. Is that the year it is? Early 2022. So now I'll have it for all of this year and I have it for all of 2023. Now what, now come what, November or so, my husband is going to apply and do the exact same process. He'll earn his companion pass early next year. So for 2023, we will both have a companion pass. It's kind of like we're staggering years. Mm -hmm. So every two years I'll do it and every two years he'll do it, but we'll just do it on alternating years. Am I explaining that well enough? Brilliant. (laughs) Yes. I wish I could use hand motions and people could see me, but (laughs) yes. So we just alternate. Maybe that's what people are doing and I misunderstood if, because it, just makes sense to go back and forth and then you would always have two yeah because when you have kids now you're buying the the you know ticket for yourself and then you get each get a child that gets a free companion flight Mm -hmm. so now for our family of five we're paying for my flight my husband's flight and only one of our kids Mm -hmm. so you can see like now your points are going even further plus you've got all those 135,000 points you just earned from this process times two yeah so well let's talk about earning Southwest points is um, I know that Chase Ultimate Rewards transfer to Southwest. So are you doing a lot of earning Ultimate Rewards and then transferring them to Southwest to keep these flights funded? Um, You know what? We haven't really had to do that very much. There might be times towards the end of the year where we're a little bit short and I might need to move over a few thousand points. But really, we try. My goal is to try and just use the points we earn from those credit cards at the beginning of the year. And then save all of my chase points for Hyatt because that's our other love, our other points and miles love mm-hmm. is Hyatt. But um, yeah, so we don't really. So really, if I earn the points, 135,000 points at the beginning of the year, that will typically fund a few trips for us, maybe three or four trips. If It, it just depends on how well you maximize sales and mm-hmm. low fares and things like that. So if you're flexible and you're not traveling like christmas week or thanksgiving day you know like you can right. really make fares go far um let's say yes well okay you just mentioned sales so let's talk about a few other southwest airlines specifics such as uh does their calendar open up six months in advance you know i don't know if it's an exact number but like coming up uh on september 8th they're going to open up their calendars through like early April. Okay. So it's not quite as far out as like, I don't know, United or American, you know, some of these, the Mm -hmm. bigger airlines, but um, yeah, they'll make an announcement so you can kind of plan. And it's really, if you can book when those flights are released, you'll usually get a really great deal. And then the other good thing is that even if the fare drops more than what you originally booked it at, you can, get those points back you can get the difference back if the price drops that's like why i love points it's just so flexible Mm -hmm. 
Totally. So do you keep track manually or will they alert you if it drops or how does that work? No, you do just kind of have to check. So if I know that like there's a sale going on or that, um, well, yeah, really, if there's just a sale going on, I'll go check my current flights that I have booked just to see if there's a difference. And it's super easy. It'll even like, if you want to go change your flight, it'll show you if you rebook this flight, you'll get a thousand points back or, you know, whatever. So it'll show you what the fare difference would be. And if you, if it's cheaper, you'll get them back in your account. So just to wrap up, we're entering, um, Southwest airlines companion pass season. So if you are three or four twenty-four, and you think the companion fare would be something great for your family, then now is the time to start thinking about when you're going to open the cards, how you're going to, um, delay hitting your minimum spends until January. And if you would like to read a little bit more about this process, there is an article on Kim's website, which is that minivanlife.com. Go yes. to her blog and read the article about the companion pass. You'll also be able to link through if you want to open the card. We love it when you use our affiliate links because that's how we get paid. So um, if you want to connect with us on Instagram, which we would also love, Kim's account is. Yes, it's at that minivan life blog. Great. And mine is at almost free traveling. And my blog is almostfreetraveling.com. So thank you for being here today. We're excited to hear about what you learned and how you're going to apply it to your points and miles strategy. And we'll see you next time. We want to explore a few alternate ways to get the companion pass. Welcome Beth to the show from V family travel on points. That is her Instagram handle. Go follow her right after this episode. Beth travel hacks for her family of six, and she is an expert hacking travel for Disney and Southwest airlines and much, much more. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay. So Beth, I have seen you talk about Southwest airlines so much online. In fact, I think you might be the resident expert in the points and miles community. So it's great to have you here today, especially because I think I just discovered that you are, you know how to get two companion passes um, by opening three credit cards. And I just heard another friend talking about this. So this is a little bit different than what you usually hear. What you usually hear is how to get one pass by opening two cards at the end of a calendar year. But I'd like to hear you explain how to get two passes by opening three cards, because that's more economical. Well, and especially it's nice for a larger family, because if there's not just two of you, it's nice to have more than one companion pass, because that means you get more than one person flying for free. Um, So this year in 2022, this is our third year to have Um, two companion passes. My husband and I both have one. And just to clarify, you cannot, one person cannot have two companion passes. So it has to be two different people having a companion pass. One person cannot hold, um, cannot qualify for two companion passes. But 
in 2022, we have had two companion passes and we have flown at the end of this month, it will be 20 flights with all five of us. And we have saved uh, $16,500 just on Southwest flights using points and companion passes. It is a lot. (laughs) Amazing. Is that like 10 round trip flights or like, is that what you mean? uh, Yes. So this actually at the end of this month, it's three one-way flights. Okay. Um, Because we're going to a family reunion and then going straight from the family reunion to Disney World and then Disney World back home. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so it's a lot of flying um, back and forth, but it's funny. We would never be able to spend $17,000 on Southwest flights in a year. It's just not <laughs> doable yeah. for our family. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I don't know many people who have that kind of money laying around. But so to get the two companion passes, my favorite way is for player one. So they, I know that Kim and Sam have explained player one and player two in previous episodes. So hopefully you've listen to those but player one or you know user card user one will open a business card and for southwest and with that business card it needs to be the eighty thousand rapid rewards card and that has a five thousand dollar spend so you'll open that card and then the trick with chase i could say chase here (laughs) Yes, you can. <laughs> um, the trick with Chase and brand, co-branded cards is you can refer to the business or the personal cards from the co-branded cards. So if it's a Southwest business card, you can refer someone to the Southwest personal card, either one, and get the get the 20,000 referral points. So player one opens that business card and then refers player two to the business card first, because you always want to open the business card first and then, and gets the 20,000 points. So if you're counting, that's now player one now has a hundred thousand rapid rewards. And then they t- refer player two to the, personal card which gives them another 20,000 points and with the 5,000 they already spent that is a total of 125,000 points for player one with only opening the one card and of course then you have player two who opens the two cards meets the minimum spend on both cards and will have uh, 125,000 more than 125,000 rapid rewards Um, from opening those two cards as well. So now you have two people and they both have a companion pass. Now amazing. It is. And the reason this is so genius. So the friend that I have, who was describing this way to get the pass to me, she had to basically figure out a workaround. She already had the personal Southwest card and had had it for years. And then darn Southwest emailed her and offered her points to upgrade to another personal card earlier this year and she did it and then we realized "Ooh, I think that's gonna make it so she can't close her current Southwest card and reopen it to try to go for the companion pass at the end of this year 
But we we realize that your system is a work, a perfect workaround for her because all she has to do is open the business card, spend the $5,000, refer her husband to the business and the personal card, and then he will meet the minimum spends. And then they will have two companion passes for two years. They have two kids. It's, it's so perfect. She's super excited. It's amazing to be able to have someone fly for $5 and 60 cents and that's it. Not points, right? Not extra points, just $5 and 60 cents one way. And on every, you could go every day if you wanted to, I, that would be a lot of flying, <laughs> but it's, I don't know it's how unlimited. Southwest is in business. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. There's no blackout dates. You know, there's, it, it's amazing that you are able to do it. Another workaround would also be, you can, hold both business cards. So you could potentially, if you've opened a personal card this year and you do have a business that qualifies you for business cards, you could potentially in December or, you know, starting in late October is when I usually recommend opening cards and then not meeting any of the minimum spends until January. But you could potentially do that where you open both of the business cards. One is 60,000 points, one is 80,000, and then it meet the minimum span in January. And with both of those cards, you could also have the um, companion pass. So that's another workaround if you have opened a personal card this year. So you can have two Southwest business cards, but you can only have one Southwest personal card. That's right. And you can, you can utilize it by switching back and forth between both business cards. So if it hasn't been quite 24 months, so for instance, the beginning of this year, I had opened the personal card more and, and received my bonus more than 24 months ago when I wanted to open it again and earn my companion pass for 2022. That's the year we're in right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I had opened the other business card less than 24 months ago and gotten my bonus less than 24 months ago. So I couldn't get the bonus on that card again. So I just switched to the opposite card and opened that one instead. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I want to clarify on the spending because this, this is where it might get a little bit tricky because this alternate way to get the pass involves the $5,000 of spend on the business card that my friend's going to open at the end of the year. But there is the caveat that the points I'll have to post to your rapid rewards in 2023 in that in January of 2023. So Does that get tricky where you're opening the card between October and December, you're, you're spending money on it. You're paying attention to when your statement closes and when those points are actually going to post. How do you recommend navigating that part? If you need those 5,000 miles, those 5,000 rapid rewards to post in January. So to be really careful, I wouldn't start spending until December 30th. (laughs) But if you are sure that your statement closes December 13th, for instance, then you can, you can pretty easily know that 
if I start spending after December 13th, my points won't post until January 13th. There, it's There's still a little bit of risk. I belong to a bunch of forums who talk about Southwest stuff. And there's always that one person that says, all my points posted in December somehow. <laughs> so, you know, you if you want to be really careful, I would just wait with the spend um, on it. If you're wanting the spend to help you earn the companion pass, not the rapid rewards from the bonus itself, but the from the spend, you may want to wait a little bit. That makes sense. Kim, anything come up for you that you want to? No, I was just thinking, I mean, the worst case scenario is that you just, those points post in December, not the bonus points because we need those to post in January, but worst case scenario, you just spend a little bit more on the card in the following year. Right. So right. you can't, you're not going to completely screw it up if that doesn't work out the way we're. No, if a thousand points um, from your spend if it, just a thousand points post somehow in December, then you, you'll be able to make that up in January if you need to. Okay. That makes sense. All right, Beth, there is another very significant topic we need to discuss with you and they're called love vouchers. And I don't know a lot about Southwest airlines, but I really didn't know what a love voucher was. I don't think the internet knew what a love voucher was, or maybe Instagram didn't know until you made an account. And then all of a sudden millions of people knew about it. Anyway, there are a few accounts have done reels about it since, but I honestly kind of feel like it originated with you. If you're listening and you actually posted first, sorry. Bets are the first <laughs> ones I saw. But basically, it seems like there are people out there, their flight gets delayed on Southwest. They get a love voucher because they tell Southwest, hey, my flight got delayed. It was really inconvenient. They get a love voucher. They then fly on that voucher. And then that flight gets delayed. They get another love voucher. There's people that are flying on love vouchers indefinitely. Is this true? Yes, I think we've gotten about $3,000 worth of love vouchers this year alone. <laughs> so some of those flights that we have taken of the 16500 that were free is on love vouchers. So I almost build it into my budget now. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I got a love voucher that I even knew about them, it was because they handed them out. We had a super delayed flight. It was probably four or five hours and my kids were real little. And so having them be really delayed in an airport, and this was before I knew about lounge access. So we were just sitting at the gate forever. And a lady came around and uh, a Southwest agent came around and handed out these love vouchers. And they were for, I think a hundred dollars each. And I really had no idea. It was a paper love voucher. I don't think they do it very often. And I didn't really know what it was. And I started doing some research. And then we had another delayed flight. And I realized, well, no one handed anything out to me this time. So I wrote Southwest. And lo and behold, they sent me, my, they sent me more love vouchers. <laughs> That's awesome. Beth, can you tell us the difference between a love voucher and like a travel credit? Because, you know, sometimes people talk about like if the flight goes down, if the price goes down, you can get a credit back. 
that you can use for a future flight. What's the difference between that and what you're right. describing? So a love voucher um, is typically for a problem on a flight. So if there's a delay or a cancellation, um, I've even heard it that the air conditioning wasn't working kind of you know, on the flight and people mm-hmm. have gotten love vouchers for things like that um, or other inconveniences that have happened on flights. So a love voucher is at this point typically given via email. You write in on, there's three different ways you can write in. One is on the app or on the website. You just go, there's a place where you can fill out a form under the contact me and you can contact them that way. And then you can DM them on Twitter or you can, there's a way that's a chat on the app. And I actually have never heard of anyone getting money that way. So I would say don't do that way. <laughs> um, but usually the Southwest customer service agent will reach out and say, I'm so sorry this happened. Here is a love voucher and you should get one for everyone that was in the traveling party, even if they were on a companion pass or points every time, because we, like I said, we don't fly on anything but companion pass or points or love vouchers. And so we're getting fruit, you know, we're getting more Southwest money on top of free flights. <laughs> already we're taking anyway. So I'm getting paid to fly Southwest is basically what I'm telling you. You are, (laughs) or at least you're, you are, um, offsetting your annual fees on the cards. I mean, the annual fees on the cards are very worth it for you at this point, more than worth it. Yes. So that's what a love voucher is. And it will have a name on it. Like it will say it's for a certain person, but that love voucher is not tied in any way to that person. So you could use it to buy a flight for your neighbor. You could use it to buy a flight for your grandma. You could use it for whoever. Um, You could give it away. But travel funds or travel credits, they're used interchangeably on the Southwest site, which is a bit confusing. Those are given for canceled flights, if you paid cash or if you have a cash flight that has gone down in price, um, those are what travel funds and travel credits are from. And those are tied to the person whose whose flight it was canceled or that went down in price. So they're tied, they are tied to a name. There are some ways around that now that there is a wanna get away plus option. Um, yes. Option. Everybody go watch Beth's reel on that. <laughs> so there are ways around it, but typically it is um, connected to a person's name and a love voucher has an expiration date. A travel fund does not have an expiration date. Good distinctions. That's really helpful. Okay. Well, I might have to start flying Southwest, which I thought I would never say. And I may again, Of course, I used to fly Southwest, but then we had this stockpile of Alaska miles, which was just from years of business travel, but we're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel finally of our Alaska miles. And I don't know if we have a ton of work travel in the future. So really, I might just have to, this Southwest might be my next gig. It is really, yeah, it is really fantastic. Kim and I love bringing you Disney content every week. 
Thanks for showing your support by using the credit card affiliate links in the show notes. It costs you nothing and means everything to us. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of the Disney Points podcast, where we'll unpack another way to save on your next Disney vacation. See you real soon. Thank you.